0: Hello to you and your canine sidekicks, and welcome back to another episode of the Pup Pup and Away podcast. My name is Stephanie Garza. I am a certified dog trainer and certified dog behaviorist in San Antonio, Texas, and I own Pup Pup and Away, where we specialize with pet care with the behavioral edge. Um, today's episode is another requested topic from fellow listener Marty, and we'll uh, be all about walking tools. Um, I'll cover some of my common questions that I get asked um, about tools specifically, which ones I prefer, which ones I I definitely recommend against and perhaps give you guys some new options that you perhaps didn't think about. Um, so first let's start off with um, an easy category and that would be callers. There are so many fun and advanced collars coming out these days with GPS tracking and pedometers and even health trackers and they all look pretty cool. Um, But for walking purposes, let's go ahead and stick to training and walking purposes specifically. Um, There's usually two that I typically go for. Um, The first one is a regular flat collar. Nothing fancy, no bells, no whistles on it or anything like that. Just a a buckle and a D ring. Um, when it comes to buckles, I definitely prefer the Velcro, not the Velcro, the ones that you kind of see in like fanny packs where you push the two sides and it unclips. I prefer those a little bit more than the ones that look like a belt buckle, um, just for safety purposes, but there really is no training advantage to one or the other. Um, so when I'm looking at a collar, I just wanna make sure that it has a, a good buckle um, and then a place for you know the ID tag, the D ring for the ID tag and the leash. Um, The second kind of collar that I typically see is a martingale collar. And in my opinion, martingale collars have no training advantage whatsoever. That I though I know some people claim that they do, um, but the real advantage of a martingale collar is to give you the peace of mind that if your dog were to like your dog cannot slip out of a martingale collar. Um, it has an additional loop, and when it's adjusted just correctly, um, the leash attaches to this extra loop of the collar. And when there's tension on the leash, that loop gets smaller, so it tightens up the rest of the collar itself just enough to where it can't slip over your dog's head Um, but if once again when it's fitted correctly it can't choke your dog Um, so the design allows you to set a specific length beyond which they cannot constrict around your dog's neck and when tension's applied it constricts evenly and it disperses the pressure to prevent choking or injury Um, and you can like I said you you fit it correctly so that way it it does get snug but it doesn't choke um, and martingale collars were originally invented for sight hounds such as greyhounds and whippets um, whose heads are traditionally more narrow than the width of their neck and so it's really easy for types of breeds like that to slip out especially if like a dog is backing up and you're trying to like pull them along forward with you um, so martingale collar if you have a dog that's has slipped out of a collar before um, it might be a better option for you guys to look at um, no training benefit like i said but there's definitely um, a safety benefit Um, now of course, I have to talk about uh, choke chains, electronic or shock collars and prong collars. Um, and if you haven't my, heard my opinion on aversive tools before in a, in a previous episode, um, or even if you have, we're going to do a, a quick little recap. Um, your dog is more probable to associate the pain or the unpleasant sensation that they feel by the choke chain, by the prongs, um, more so to the surroundings and less likely associate them to the behaviors themselves are, that, that, uh, that your dog is doing themselves. Um, So for example, if your dog pulls, because they see a dog and the collar that you have on them chokes or pinches them, they're more likely to associate that feeling, that pain, that sensation, not with the behavior of pulling, um, but with the side of the dog themselves, right? Because I see that dog, every time I see that dog or I see a dog, I I feel the sensation. So with time, um, your dog may now start to get nervous or scared or anticipate getting choked or getting pinched. And now we have a different problem. Now your dog's no longer excited to see dogs and want to go say hi. Now your dog's nervous. Now your dog's scared of them. And maybe they're becoming reactive. Maybe they're becoming aggressive. Um, It's also super easy to misuse any of these tools. A lot of people do not know how to fit these correctly. Um, and so that's why some big box stores like Pecos um, have made the very smart decision to start taking electronic or e-collars off of their shelves since they don't come with training instructions or skilled hands. Um, I think a lot of people take for granted that even though, uh, like using a shock collar is not my preferred method, um, of use of training, it's still, takes time to learn how to properly use it. Um, One reason, amongst many reasons, why I like to do positive reinforcement training is because you can't really fuck it up. Um, You might accidentally be reinforcing inappropriate or, you know, behaviors that maybe you don't want um, on accident when you accidentally use your marker word a little bit too late. Um, But when you're using aversives, you can really accidentally create negative emotions, negative conditioned responses, um, or just cause plain harm to your dog um so it's really important that if you guys do choose to use these that you still contact a professional um and actually some of these some of these tools choke chains prong collars e-collars or actually outlawed in some countries, in cu- countries like New Zealand or Australia, or I even think Switzerland. Um, so, But if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you wholeheartedly agree with me uh, when I say that I'd rather do training and through a relationship of trust and open communication and not pain or coercion. So um, I think that's enough about that. So that's our category of collars. Next up, harnesses. The most common question I get um, when being asked about walking tools is, do you recommend harnesses over collars? Um, The answer is yes, but no. Um, So yes, because harnesses are indeed great for getting pressure off of your dog's neck. If you have a dog that pulls, uh, it's really important that we take pressure off of their neck. Um, while it's not common I have seen dogs pull so hard they literally choke themselves out to the point of passing out um, and so a lot of us think like hey he won't pull that hard like he doesn't want to choke himself out but hey when your dog is really into an activity when they're really overly engaged by something um, their threshold for pain is super high to the point where it could become dangerous um, so that's a, a reason why yes I do like to take pressure off trachea but also no because a traditional harness that you might Think of is uh one that has a leash attachment that connects to the back of your dog. So on top of your dog. This actually makes your pulling problem, your dog pulling, even worse. Why? Because dogs have what's called an opposition reflex, which means it's their natural reaction to oppose or pressure of physical force. So if your dog feels pressure from one direction, they are naturally inclined to push or pull into or opposite of that direction. Um, so I typically see this in two different scenarios. The first one is when you try to push your dog's butt down and attempt to get them to sit and they resist and they push back up towards your hand. That's one. And the second one, of course, is on leash. Um, So if you've ever thought about, uh, maybe you've had to try to like pull your dog to come along with you because they put the brakes on, the harder you pull, the more that they put the brakes on and like lean into that pressure. Um, So traditional back connecting harnesses not only activate this opposition reflex, but it also allows your dog to use more leverage and also their entire body weight to pull to their advantage. So think about it. People who compete in those strongman competitions, you know, the ones where the guys connect themselves to the 18 wheeler and pulls it along. Guess what he's wearing? A back connecting harness. Sled dogs who pull weight from uh, behind and they pull for long periods of time. They pull a lot of weight. What are they wearing? back-connecting harnesses so if you're considering a harness and you have a dog who likes to pull on leash uh definitely work on uh, training some leash manners and some leash skills but a nice tool that i would like for you to consider is a harness where the leash attaches in the front now you might go look at your leash or your collar and you discover that there is a ring in the front sure Go ahead and try attaching your leash to that. But unless your harness is specifically designed to be a front connector, um, it honestly is probably not going to work. And I have no idea what that, like, what that ring actually is for. I've tried looking at, I've tried looking it up and I can't figure it out. I've also asked, you know, people that work in dog stores like, Hey, when you were, when the marketing rep was here for this specific harness, like, did they say what this, what this ring at the front is for? Because it just doesn't work. Um, I've tried looking it up, can't find it. Um, so if the chest piece of our dog's harness goes from the front of their chest and it travels down to their belly. Um, so it kind of like cuts your dog in half, like, Laterally, um, it's most likely not going to fit well for this purpose and it won't work. What's actually going to happen is when you do put it on and your dog does pull, it's going to shift that entire breastplate over to the side and be pretty uncomfortable for your dog. Um, Those rings also sit a little bit too far down below the chest, and I'd like for it to sit a little bit up closer towards the neck. So the harness that I would recommend, uh, actually there's two. Um, The first one is the PetSafe Easy Walk Harness and then the other one is the Sensation Harness. And the reason why I like these two is the chest piece of both of these harnesses, it fit from shoulder to shoulder, like your clavicle. And fun fact, dogs actually don't have a clavicle bone. Very interesting. Um, But this allows for a better fit and less shifting from side to side, uh, which is what you, like I said, will experience with those other regular harnesses if you put the leash up on that front. Um, also neither one of these options will stop your dog from pulling. It won't stop them from pulling, but it'll make it so your dog can't pull as hard. Um, so with either one of these harnesses, when your dog pulls, it gently kind of guides them back to you when that tension hits the leash Um, i personally switched from the sensation harness to the easy walk harness because the easy walk harness has a few more points of adjustment to make it fit a little bit better and it also has one more buckle to to use whenever you're putting it on and taking it off Um, and for rishi that was uh, ideal because the sensation harness has to go over her head and then buckle underneath Um, the easy walk harness you could do that if you always kept one of the buckles clipped um, but you could undo it completely and you don't have to go over her head Um, training is definitely still a really important step that you definitely want to consider when using these tools Um, because if your dog does pull really hard still even with that harness you definitely can do some pressure in the long run um, by constantly putting pressure on their shoulder um, area so it's still really important that you go through a training process i like kind of like to use these as like um, like training tool, like, like training wheels when you're learning how to ride a bike. Um, so, uh, I've not had the pleasure of using every single harness out there. Um, and I know that there's plenty and I know that, uh, you know, Instagram has a way of, advertising these no pool harnesses. Um, guys, I promise you they're bullshit. Don't waste your money. Um, unless there's some sort of attachment in the front, it is not going to be a no pool, no pain option. Um, some of the ones that I see are ones that like wrap around the dog and will squeeze the dog while you're going. Um, that's kind of the same thing as using a choke chain, except you're squeezing around their chest instead of around the neck, which is a little bit better. Um, but squeezing your dog doesn't typically cause better behavior Um, so just trust me don't waste your money listen to a certified behaviorist not instagram when i tell you that the majority if not all of those no pull harnesses are no bueno all right so next up is something that you may be a little bit more unfamiliar with and those are going to be head collars So a head halter or a head collar, whatever you want to call it, um, it's also a no pain, no pull option um, that I like to recommend to clients whose dog pulls a 12 out of a scale of 1 to 10. Or for owners who might be really tiny who have really big dogs and their dogs just really have the tendency to, to overpower them. Two of my favorite options are the PetSafe Gentle Leader. Um, I kind of like that one a little bit more than the other option is the Halti OptiFit. Um, that one is a little bit more, uh, has more fabric and it looks a little bit more, I want to say industrial, but that's not really the right word. It's just it's just a little bit clunkier and a little bit, uh, it's just bigger and bulkier, I guess. Um, These work kind of very similar to the way that reins of a horse when you're riding a horse works It has a leash connection just right under the chin So that way when your dog pulls and puts that tension on the leash their head gets stopped Their head gets turned back to you and typically wherever the head goes the body follows So once again, it doesn't stop your dog from pulling but it makes it so they can't pull as hard Um, Once again, you definitely want to go through lots of leash training with this Either one of these tools because having too much pressure on your dog's neck after some time long period of time can definitely have some effects in the long run Um, also if your dog has a tendency to bolt and hit the end of the leash really quickly it definitely can be dangerous because it can jerk on that neck way too much and definitely cause some damage Um, another big drawback to the tool and probably the biggest reason why i don't this isn't the first option that I usually recommend to my clients is because dogs just simply are not used to having something go around their nose. Um, so there's a lot of training that has to go on beforehand, putting it on, doing desensitization, counter-conditioning before your dog is super comfortable enough to not only wear it, but now also have Uh, the weight of the leash hanging from it. Um, And when we don't take this step, our dogs are constantly trying to take it off or rubbing their face in the grass in an attempt to take it off. Um, So it definitely can, that's like the biggest con that I see with this tool is a lot of us don't, we hear that there is training that has to go along with it and then the majority of us, if we're like, yeah, we're gonna do it, we typically don't do it up to this scale. I also do want to mention that it is not a muzzle whatsoever. So a traditional muzzle is one that stops your dogs from barking, stops your dog from chewing, makes it hard for them to pant, breathe, drink. Um, They can't open their mouth. It's a full, it's something that goes 360 all the way around your dog's nose from the base from their face all the way to the tip of their nose. Um, The gentle leader, when fitted correctly, your dog can still lick, nibble, bite, chew, bark howl drink water yawn all that kind of good stuff because it fits just right there on the base where of the face um, and not so much at the very tip of their nose Um, so it just stops them from pulling as hard it doesn't stop them from biting or doing anything like that so just a heads up it is not whatsoever a muzzle so please don't attempt to use it that way because it will not work okay let's talk about leashes my favorite leash to go for is a simple five to six foot leash once again like collars no bells no whistles um i don't have a preference of material Uh, i have leather leashes i have biothane leashes i have braided rope leashes it doesn't really matter Um, i like the option of having that secondary shorter handle like close to the clip like some leashes offer Um, but i don't have one of those specifically so i don't think it's super mandatory Um, the only preference that i probably might have is on the thick Thickness of the leash because if the leash is too thin I might feel like it might give me rug burn um or if it's too thick I might feel like I might not be able to get a good grip especially if I'm walking a dog that pulls really hard um so nothing really too fancy there um one interesting point that I have on leashes um is for those of you guys who have gone through six seven leashes in the past two months because your dog can't stop chewing on the leash um Maybe you can't remember to take it off of your dog while your dog's in the car, or they're super sneaky and they chew through it just like that while you're on the walk. Um, maybe you want to consider one of those metal leashes um, that your dog just cannot chew through. We're um, not using it to hit your dog, you're not using it to choke your dog or anything like that. So it's not an inhumane option, though it might look a little, uh, you know, it might look a little rough because it's a, it's a metal, thin chain. Um, but definitely something that you guys might want to consider if your dog does have a tendency to chew chew through a bunch of things. Um, so now let's talk about what, I, what kind of leashes I do not recommend for the walk. Um, the first one is those leashes with any sort of like bungee to it. The bungee leashes, um, they were made to absorb the shock that's caused by a sudden pulling from your dog, like when your dog goes squirrel and dashes in that direction really fast. Um, but this is only useful for a person walking the dog who already has shoulder or back issues. Um, so once again, should you go through some sort of leash training manners, um, it 's always super important, but if you don 't suffer from pain in those shoulder areas or the back areas, this leash is only doing you a disservice um, because when we 're going through leash training uh, leash training, uh, we want to one hundred percent avoid any sort of reward that your dog has for pulling in that specific direction, so you don 't want to continue to go in that direction. With a bungee leash, your dog starts to feel that tension, right? Because they get to the end of the leash, but then they get rewarded by now the bungee part activating and then being able to go even further. Um, And with that bungee, since there's tension on on that leash, they have to pull even harder. So now you're reinforcing a harder pull and your dog still gets to where they want to go. Um, so it doesn't do you any justice whenever you're trying to go through any sort of leash skills. And also it just, it just isn't good on the walk period because you have less control over your dog, unless you have, like I said, some sort of shoulder or back pain. Um, but also in my opinion, they're long and they're awkward to carry and they just don't give you really good control over your dog. Um, which is really important to have. Um, next up, let's talk about those dreaded retractable leashes, I used to walk my dogs on a retractable leash and i loved it because i could be less engaged with my dogs on the walk i lived in an apartment complex and i hated taking my dogs out for a walk i didn't want to be out there to begin with it was super easy for me to stand on the sidewalk and for my dog to be 20 feet away from me super not engaged Lesson engagement is not what you need when you're trying to achieve leash manners or if you have a dog that's reactive. Um, at the time, I was not a dog trainer when I was using it and my dogs were indeed extremely reactive. So my mentor at the time told me to ditch the retractable and I was super hesitant because I really liked it. I liked it so much and I didn't think that that was going to be the cause of my dog's reactivity. Well, I gave in and I tried a regular leash while the retractable leash was not the cause of my dog's reactivity, it definitely wasn't helping me get better control over my dog. <clears throat> so when I made the switch to regular leash, I was able to keep my dogs closer to me and it made it a lot easier for me to be able to reward the good behaviors that I like. Um, retractable leashes also always work on tensions; you never have a true and proper loose leash walk. Um, I've also heard horror stories um, of the wheel inside busting and freeing the dog into dangerous situations or busting and pieces of metal spraying all over the place um, not to mention I've heard tons of horror stories about both dogs and humans getting hurt from the thin fabric of the leash um, and it's I was researching some like I, I wanted to know a couple of actual like real stories because i've i I've, I've heard of it happening, but I didn't know like. A specific person that it happened to specifically um so i researched like you know retractable leash injuries and it was it was horrendous there was not only big huge rug burns um but like deep cuts to actual finger amputations to dog strangulations this little girl went blind because the metal of the wheel on the inside of the retractable part busted open metal shot into her eye and it was it's just terrible um so for me, it's, it's one, definitely a huge safety issue, um, but two, it's also just not good for, you know, that engagement on the walk with your dog. So now you might be wondering what it is that I choose to walk with my dogs. Um, I choose to go for a front connecting harness and I choose the easy walk, like I said earlier. My dogs hardly pull, but they are schnauzers who have really big prey drive, um, and it definitely gets switched on when they see a squirrel. So, this harness gives me better control over those moments and gives me peace of mind that they won't slip out of their traditional collar. Not that my dogs ever have slipped out of a traditional collar, but Safety is always just kind of what I choose to go for. Um, and then I attached a regular five foot leather leash. Some people are turned off by how stiff the leather leash is at the first few times that you use it, but after a few uses, it definitely softens up and it feels really, really nice in your hand. So that's what I choose to use. Um, and even though my dogs are leash trained for the most part, I still like to use a harness, um, even though they don't pull a ton, um, but it definitely is still something that I like to use for peace of mind as well. So share with us on our socials what you guys choose to walk with and what works for you. As always, don't forget the fun doesn't have to stop here. Please find us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. uh, And our handle is at puppupandawaysa. If you'd like to become a client, we're always taking new daycare clients, training clients, and boarding clients. We would love to meet you and your canine sidekick. Uh, please rate review and subscribe um, if you're enjoying this episode please share it with your friend uh, we usually have our own post on our instagram please share it from there if you don't want to create your own post um, the number of episode listens is ticking up each week and that makes me very happy um, i also would love any of your feedback so feel free to like rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on um, but also feel free to get in contact with us via instagram give us your suggestions, give us your feedback, uh, let us know what topics you'd like to hear. And of course, if you're ever so inclined to really positively reinforce me, we also have a link in the show notes for some monetary donations, Uh, a little bit of something. Something is better than nothing and definitely helps to uh, motivate me to continue to work on this podcast for you guys. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic evening or day or whatever time you're listening to this too. And I can't wait to talk to you guys in our our next episode.